it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, hey, Michigan Maniacs. This is the Michigan Football Rant, and I am your host, Adam Brewer. This is the reaction episode, Rose Bowl. <laughs> oh, man, this was something else. Uh, man, so many emotions. Um, so many emotions last night, but most of them were drunken, crazy emotions, and uh, you know how that gets. Um but wow, it, it still seems like a dream, doesn't it? It seems like these are the things that happen to other schools. We watch other schools do the things that Michigan have done this season, you know, and it it is just so freaking ref, like refreshing and just so satisfying to to see everything just come to fruition. I mean, you look at where we came from in 2020 to now. One more game away from a national title, and it's it's a dream. It's it's like it's movie type stuff. It man, it's amazing. Um, so uh, before we get into it, obviously, um, social media. I'm on all of it. Uh, have got some great memes out there, so you can find that on Twitter, um, Instagram, Facebook fan page. Everything is growing leaps and bounds. I mean, I have seen uh, hundreds of new, you know, subscribers and um, just it's been it's been awesome. And I thank you so much for uh, going along on this ride with me. I really appreciate it. So please continue to enjoy. Um, I, I respond to pretty much all to all messages. Uh, if it's even stupid, I sometimes do Like if you're a hater, I'll even sometimes respond. I used to do it a lot and then I just got tired of dealing with idiots. So I've kind of stopped on that, but Hey, listen, if it's funny, I'll tell you, it's funny. I can appreciate funny. Um, so anyways, let's, let's get into this, right? Um, man, our defense can, what an exceptional day for our defense. I mean, uh, Bama only had 282 or 288 total yards, 288 total yards. And if you were to listen to ESPN or anyone else out there, you would have thought Bama was an unstoppable machine. So for us to be able to slow down what everyone thought was just the next great beginning of Nick Saban's new, new level to his dynasty mode, um, I mean, it's been it's been amazing. I mean, for our defense to do that, stop them. I mean, uh, let's see, Bond and Burton, eight catches for sixty eight yards for bo- like total for both of them, came out to eight catches for sixty eight yards, no touchdowns. <laughs> amazing. Uh, a poor man's Michael Vick, uh, the Milrow. I mean, he was. Sc- confused, didn't know what was going on. Uh, That first half, he had no clue what was happening, and neither did Tommy Reese, their offensive coordinator. I mean, 
for the first time in a long, long time, Nick Saban actually got out coached. It was amazing, especially when by Harbaugh, who you know I love Harbaugh, but I've all I haven't been shy in saying that whenever Michigan has more than two weeks, three weeks off, we usually go out and put our heads straight up our butt, and the coaching looks awful, the players look awful, and not like we looked fantastic yesterday. I'm looking at you, special teams, uh, and also J.J. at the beginning of the game, well, and stretches throughout the game anyways, but but still, for us to go out there, make key plays when we needed to do it, just fantastic, right? I mean, just so great. And then offensively, our tackles, I think, deserve a quick shout out just because you know they were they had such a monumental task to slow down um Dallas Turner and Braswell right Chris Braswell together I think uh Dallas Turner had 10 and a half and Braswell had eight sacks so you're looking at almost 19 total sacks between them um and as we all knew uh Michigan's tackles have been just beat up, used up, couldn't stop anybody on the edge. I mean, Maryland made us look bad. Penn State made us look bad. I just so many teams really just abused our our tackles this year. But what they did yesterday, I don't think a lot of people are giving them credit for. Uh, Turner and Braswell together, right, had, I know I wrote this down, zero sacks and four, count them, four total tackles between them unbelievable uh just such a great day for the tackles and i think it had a lot to do with you know the play calling a lot of quit like i told you if michigan was going to be successful there had to be a lot of quick moving plays a lot of uh hitting them up in the middle a lot of crossing routes right that's what we saw they really did a great job in that um some of the random thoughts. Oh, actually, before I do that, I want to give out, uh, weirdly, I want to shout out uh, Lawson and Downs for Alabama. I mean, so many people were talking about uh, Turner and Braswell. Lawson was unbelievable. I mean, I think on one drive in the fourth quarter, he, he batted the ball like twice. He might have had three batted balls or at least tipped, tipped balls. Three or four throughout the whole game. Lawson was very impressive. And then Downs was everything they said. I mean, he really is one of the more dynamic freshmen probably playing college football at this point. Um, very impressed with both of them. Uh, thank God we don't have to see we don't have to see them again. I don't know about you guys, but I was nervous. This was a one hell of a game. Uh it's one of those games that was ugly and messy but great i mean big players making big plays and like i told you right i would have been disappointed if it was kalel mullings or um the unsung heroes winning the game for michigan like i said you wanted to be a legend this is the games you become a legend in so jj uh jj and quorum and wilson all did things in that game to be legends and that way i mean that was amazing and just it's it, glad to see that that when the challenge was presented they stepped up to it right um some random thoughts though we'll go over the offense and then the defensive stuff and then later i'm going to give the top three plays 
of both offense and defense. Um, when we talk about, there's some definite similarities to um, the 2014 playoff and how this one is um, like working out to be, you know, like how it's playing out. Um, very, uh, maybe you guys have seen it as well. So I want to talk a little bit about that. And I want to, I want to kind of shit on the Big Ten uh, teams and we'll get into that. So, um, but some of the, uh, the random thoughts. So offensively, I just, like I was saying, continuing on the legends thing, the, the flea flicker, uh, if it wasn't for Corm, it could have been blown up even worse because of that. I know it was, you know, it, it caused us to miss out on some points and all that kind of stuff, but the offensive tackle completely missed the the rushing, the the blitzing linebacker. I mean, one of the few mistakes that I think the offensive tackles made yesterday because they really I thought played a great game. Um, so if it wasn't for Quorum, that could have been way uglier. Uh, also, speaking of just we, it's like we skirted through, like we just narrowly avoided disaster on a lot of big plays uh look at the the jj the uh the dono passing back to jj passing it to uh to roman wilson i mean jj mccarthy jumping up in the air grabbing the ball being able to set twist his hips set his hips and then pass it it blindly what it looks like blindly on the money to roman wilson just phenomenal Absolutely phenomenal. Um, yeah, wow. I mean, that is at that's athleticism. Uh, it's so impressive. Uh, then you have um, just oh the Wilson the 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 Wilson catch catches I guess you could say, but the main one in the fourth quarter on that final drive what was just amazing because it if he doesn't catch that if he doesn't literally jump higher than I think I've ever seen him jump to get that tipped pass by JJ uh it's an interception game over i mean just so many f- plays that ended up going michigan's way that normally didn't go our way the last few years that's why it just really has this feel of, and I hate to say because I don't want to jinx it, like it has a feel of destiny, right? It has a feel like it really is beginning to feel like Michigan, the the football gods have blessed Michigan with this, right? If, if you want to go that far. Um, just because last year, if that was last year, J.J. wouldn't have caught the ball and then thrown a then thrown a great pass to Roman Wilson. He might have caught the ball and then he probably would have been hit, fumbled it. TCU would have picked it up and run in for an in, for, for a touchdown. Uh, the beginning of the play, uh, the beginning of the game this year when JJ threw the worst pass ever. Uh, two downs, by the way, for what looked like an interception. Thank God he was out of bounds. I didn't reestablish himself. That would have stood. You know, I mean, there were so many things that normally went Michigan's went with the opposite way for Michigan that were going our way. It just it's it's weird to see it happen. Right. Because we're we're such we're such uh, I, I want to say miserable fans because we really love our team. But we have just seen Michigan shoot themselves in the foot. And it was like the special teams 
stayed in 2022 and just was like, oh, no, you know, we're just going to fuck up everything today. We're going to, God bless Maj Morgan, because I, you knew he was just trying to make a big play, and I'm sure he saw a huge hole, and I'm sure he thought he could take that to the house from, especially since he had such luck against Iowa, and he, <laughs> it just wasn't happening. And then what the f- holy F was Thaw thinking of? What was he thinking? I would, there is never a good reason on a punt to ever try and field it when you're at the five ever. Just move up. Let the ball go past you. And if it lands on the two and they, and they stop it, much better to do that. Much better for them to down it at the two than you fumble it and have to pick it up right before you're nailed and before you go in for a safety. I just, what the fuck was our, what was our special teams thinking? And then even Tommy Doman, who was a rock star throughout the regular season, uh, I don't know if it was obviously the long snap or bad snap, but Tommy Doman's punts were not great. The, he he helped out Bama numerous times with awful punts. Uh, missed field goal, but Turner, I, I'm not so down on what Turner did, only because, uh, let's face it, I think his long was like 52, so that's a 50-yarder. It, it, it was, you know, it was going to be a tough kick. It was just, anytime you get over 50, those are tough. Oh, I guess it was maybe 49. But still, it's a it's a tough kick to make. So, not great. He should have made it, obviously. But still, that's the least of the fuck-ups out of what the special teams did. And, I'm, I mean, if it wasn't Jay Harbaugh, who's the coach of that, I would say they should fire that dude. It made, I mean, that was, that's how bad our special teams played yesterday that whoever was the coach of that should be fired. Cause it's like he didn't even bother to pay attention to special teams the whole month they had off. Um, Barnhart, I would love to give some credit to. I, and I blasted him a few weeks ago when he, I mean, he played like absolute donkey shit against uh, Penn State and against uh, Maryland. But what he did, I, I mean, springing Corum for that touchdown in overtime, um, just overall picking up where Zinter left off is just, he, He's a natural-born guard, and I'm glad to see him back in the position that he can excel in. So it's great to see him uh, really just get to where he where he's more comfortable. So I got to give him credit, man. He made blocks when he needed to. Uh, he's been very impressive since moving back to guard, so I want to give him a shout-out there. Um, Corum and JJ, I would say, are, with this game, especially Corum, uh, he moved into the record books as the all-time leading touchdown uh, getter for Michigan. And J.J., they're both one more game away from legendhood, right? They're from being absolute legends, etching their name in the in the history books, you know, just forever being loved by Michigan fans. Just one more game. But what Corum did yesterday was... Oh, it was magical, man. I mean, when Michigan needed somebody to step up and take over a game, Corm said, bet. 
give me that ball. I'm going to do it. And it was the best. I mean, the absolute best. I just, that 17 yard run in overtime, normally in overtime, you got to dink and dunk to get even to the goal line. And then you hope to get in. He just, 17 yards with that jump cut. I mean, he looked like the, the quorum of old. I mean, blasting over people. It was phenomenal. Just, uh, I don't know what's going to be more iconic of a play uh, for this Rose Bowl. Now, of the season, there's going to be a few. Uh, whatever the last play of the game is, if this is a close national title game, will more than likely be the most iconic version or the most iconic play that people will always remember uh, for Michigan because, obviously. uh, But that 17-yard touchdown run, I say, is more than likely the the one that's always going to stand out to me. It's either that or the fourth down where they stopped him, obviously, when we won. And then... For the season, it's between that, the corn run for me, or there's just, man, doesn't it seem like every time Michigan needs something, corn, like next play, just does it. Uh, the When Zinter goes down, big time run. Um, what was the, there was another game where we needed, like we needed a big play, and I think it was against Maryland, corn, big time run. Um, Ohio State, like I said, big-time run. Now against Alabama, big-time run. I mean, whenever we need Coram to do something, he it's like he knows. He just, in the next play, boom, it's over. He just does it. It's, it's so phenomenal. No, it was Penn State. That's right. It was the Penn State game. Uh, they had just fumbled the ball next play. Boom, touchdown. I mean, putting the the absolute nail in the coffin for three big teams. I mean, the Penn State game, the uh, Ohio State game, and now the Bama game. Whenever we need to finally put a team away, Corm just does it. I mean, just a legend. Um, I just, I love it. And one thing I was actually very impressed with was the play calling and the, because you know that um, people shit on that flea flicker, but if it was blocked properly, uh, CJ was wide. I think it was CJ. Him or Tyler Morris was wide the fuck open going across the middle of the field, wide open. So if it was just blocked properly, so I'm not shitting on the play call, though the execution of it was the problem. But man, that kid was wide open. Go back and look at that, and you'll see that whoever I think it was, it looked like number eight. Actually, it was either eight or six. I can't tell. Either way, wide open. And hello, uh, Tyler Morris. Welcome to the party this year. Wow, what a way to get your first touchdown of the season. Holy shit, just beauty. Um, I can't say enough about this team. I love this team. It's uh, a love affair right now. And I know I'm usually much funnier when I'm angry. You know, it's usually just how I do. I'm much way funnier when I'm angry. But now I just, I'm, on, I'm just giving props and flowers to everybody. This is an absolute love affair. But getting back to the play calling, the how they used Corum on that fourth and two massive nuts, by the way, to uh, Harbaugh. I mean, not, I don't think you had much of a choice because I mean, let's face it. It was what three minutes left. You don't get the ball back in my opinion, if you punt that ball, 
I just don't think we would get it back. So you, it was one of those where you had to grab your nuts and do it. But great play. No one expected them to throw the ball to Corum. Nobody. And the twice this twice in this game that Corum wide open. I mean, I think it's fantastic the way they kind of worked Corum into this because you expect uh, running back to get get a pass out of the backfield. It's going to be Donovan Edwards and. I, I kind of liked what Michigan tried to do with Alex Orgy. I, I don't think they gave him very many pass options when Orgy got the ball, but still, we still have no idea if Orgy can throw the ball, but we'll see. Hopefully, maybe someday, maybe by accident. Um, some of the the highlights on defense, and then we'll get into this other stuff. Uh, but holy crap, man. Um, the D-line. There is... The one thing that... He, always makes me nervous and it was on display um in almost every game in uh in every bowl game in the last two days right was overall the big 10 can hang with the big 10 defenses can hang with the sec offenses for a while right but sooner or later they wear out, and then that's when the SEC starts their de- their offenses start to make strides in getting those points. Like Missouri uh, was down three nothing. I mean, going probably into the fourth, and then come back and score fourteen points. Uh, Wisconsin, a back and forth game all day, but mostly had the lead against LSU, and then at the end couldn't stop it. And then their offense just got weak. So normally the Big Ten, I wouldn't even say just defense. Big Ten can hang with SEC for a bit, but their size and speed eventually wins out. So it was really good to see the what first play, McGregor just dominate. And then our defensive line dominated those big-ass boys from Bama. Like, I think they averaged some, like, all all five of them average about 360 or whatever. It's outrageous. We we I know this isn't the first time that a center's had to deal with guys crossing his face or being right up in his business all day and having stunts pulled on him, you know. <laughs> but we did so, we got into that kid's head. Like he was the snaps, I know he was Notorious for low snaps all season. But once it gets into your head, I would assume it's just like everything else. Once you start thinking about it, and that's all you can think about, and then you're like, don't do this, don't do this, and you just keep screwing up. So, but still, I mean, the dominance. I, I'm to see as, and just not for the first half, but to go through the game and constantly just beat the hell out of that offensive line. And I know the third, the whole third quarter, and then most of the fourth, it looked like it was going to be that same scenario, right? It looked like the SEC was just going to eventually overwhelm and overcome the Big Ten. But (laughs) it just wasn't meant to be. (laughs) It was, uh, but you know what? It's just, it was great. I mean, five sacks in the first half alone. I know they only got one in the second. They say two, but I'm sure that one was a fumble recover, whatever, you know. But just to see them constantly slow them down, force him to have to run, forcing them to readjust so much that they created more run plays for 
uh, for Milrow. Uh, I just, they did such a great job. I mean, Graham and just all of them. I mean, Derek Moore, a beast. And then I even told you, right? I said, if I had to pick, um, uh, like, you know, underdogs or the, you know, the unsung hero, I said that Stewart was going to be one of them. And boy, uh, he had a great game, a fantastic game. Um, the whole reason why, in my opinion, right, the whole reason why that fourth down and overtime went so poorly was because Stewart picked up that big-ass tackle, uh, Latham, and pushed him right into the quarterback. It kind of reminded me of when McGregor did it uh, in that Nebraska game on that fourth down, you know, to stop it. He just picked up that tackle or tight end and just pushed him right into the quarterback. It it was amazing. I mean, those edge rushers were just so just uh, I, I just don't even know what to say. Just so amazing. Everything they did was everything you could possibly want. Everything that we wanted to see from them last season but couldn't do. And it just goes to show that Michigan is built just different than any other Michigan team I've ever seen uh, in my time. This is the this defense might be the greatest Michigan defense I've ever seen. Ever. And I know that's wild to say, but I really believe I don't think I've seen another defense so aggressive, so fast, so big. That 2016 was pretty good, but this one is phenomenal. Um, I mean, it, they literally scared the the center into playing like shit. They had Milrow not knowing what the hell to do. They had six sacks and ten tackles for loss. That's phenomenal. Um, gosh, wow. It and then you have the defensive backfield shutting down those two wide receivers. I mean, they like I said, where they have eight catches for, uh, well, let me check the notes. Eight catches for sixty-eight yards and no touchdowns, and supposedly we couldn't hang. Remember, there was no way that our defensive backfield was ever going to be able to hang with those wide receivers because they're track stars. From what I heard, one Bama guy say they're track stars, and Milrow is just a robot and can toss that thing perfectly to them. Which most of the time he did have a beautiful. Uh, you know, beautiful down, down ball, uh, down ball. What am I talking about? Downfield ball, down, long pass, whatever. Um, so before we get into that, let's go ahead and talk about autograph. Hey, just like my good buddy Tom Brady just said, download the app Autograph Rewarding Fans. Use my code MFRANT and start getting rewarded today. All right, go blue. Maize and Blue Nation, it's Tom Brady. I co-founded Autograph with one mission in mind, change the fan experience for the better. That's why I'm excited to announce the release of a new app that recognizes the biggest Michigan fans. The Autograph fandom app gives you access to the best Michigan content, fan challenges, and exclusive rewards for diehard Wolverines, all for doing the things you already do, like listening to this podcast. Head over to the Apple App Store and search for Autograph Rewarding Fans and download today. All right, so let's finish off. Oh, before I uh, before we get into this, uh, McGregor. I mean, two sacks. I mentioned it earlier, but damn, what a great game. I just can't get over. I'm just <laughs> I'm in love with that defensive line. Those guys 
were fantastic. Fantastic yeah, last night. I mean, just everything you could ever want. So um, let's go with uh, – I, I was thinking of something. Um, the dynasty idea, like the life cycle, I guess, of a dynasty, if you will, in sports, right? And I was wondering, are we watching the the downslope of the Bama dynasty, right? Because to me, and maybe I'm wrong, and if you guys don't agree, please let me know because, I mean, I'm very curious about this because uh, it's always so subtle before you see the fall off, you know? Is this the fall off? Because in my eyes, this is how a dynasty begins. Team sucks. Enter whatever, coach, quarterback, or coach and quarterback, something. Builds up a culture, creates, they become good. Then they become very good. Then they become elite, right? So you maybe win like the SEC. Then you win like a couple really big bowl games. Then you find yourself in the national title game. And then for a few years, you find yourself, maybe if it's one to, I would say three to five years. Now, Bama has been doing this for a long time. So that's why I'm curious if we're in the down cycle of this or maybe I'm just crazy. But so three to five years, you're just elite, right? You're just – no one can stop you like Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State for a while, Georgia, right? You're seeing the buildup, you know? So in that buildup, you're like – you have a nemesis like Georgia would lose – to Bama, and then finally they they get the next to the next level and they beat Bama, just like the Bulls had to beat the Pistons, you know, and like uh, Clemson had to beat Florida State, you know, you you lose, you lose, and you start finally beating these guys, and you get to the elite part of your dynasty, and then other teams start to catch up. You start to lose some players, especially now with the transfer portal in the NFL. Teams like Georgia and the and the dynasty length of elite probably narrows by a few years. And then all of a sudden you're just good. You know, but still, I mean, top five good. You know, beating teams. But now you're starting to lose those key matchups again. But then, you know, you still mix in a few good wins. and you, But, you know, you're just, you're very good. And then you get down to good. And then, then you just fall off the map, right? Where I think where we're seeing Bama right now is with Bryce, with Bryce Young, they were at the very good stage, the tail end of elite going into the very good stage. With Milrow, I think they're in the good stage. And I think if if Saban retires soon, it, you'll see the drop off and they'll go right back to who they were before Saban. And another reason why I think we're on the downslope is because Saban has become a nice guy. These old, surly, mean coaches who were so focused on greatness and winning, and just not coaches, but players, when they start to become nice, it's because they're tired. They're, they're, I mean, they're, they're just done. It takes so much out of you to be great for long periods of time and to have so many people dislike you. Because you hold them to a certain standard, right? And you hold yourself to that standard, to be quite honest. It just takes a toll on you. And now he's older. 
I mean, I was watching it with a couple SEC friends, and one of them mentioned it. He's like, this is a Saban I've never seen before because Saban on the sideline wins, say they would do a knuckleheaded play like the fumble or whatever, right? He didn't lose it. He was just like, meh. He didn't – he looked more reserved than he has ever looked before, and he was more, um, like – complimentary to his team leading up to it and they would and this guy said well a friend of mine said well the reason you know uh Saban before these games like before he played Georgia or before he played all these big top games against LSU and all that he would start kind of picking away at his own quarterback telling him how bad he sucked calling him out in the media basically just so it can motivate that quarterback this time he was very complimentary of his team and of his quarterback so is it that Saban's just tired and he's getting ready to move on and you know just live his life and just live a retired man's life you know probably do some analysts and stuff and whatever are we there is that is this the down portion of the the Bama dynasty very curious about that so let me let me know guys um what you think about that. Now we're going to finish with two things and I'll get out of here. The, uh, I was going to say the top three plays of both offense and defense, but we've covered those already. I mean, obviously the top three plays for the defense, I would say, uh, Moore's, Moore's, uh, tackle to stop, uh, Milrow from scoring, uh, when it looked like he was going to there and say what the, in the overtime portion. And then, the uh, I'd say the Quentin Johnson strip, even though we didn't necessarily uh, um, benefit from that or we didn't score from it, I think it broke. It broke the momentum. You know, it stopped the wave, and it kind of leveled out again, which allowed us to get back into the game. So very important. And then the fourth down play. Stewart just bull rushing that kid, just bullying that tackle right into Milrow. Huge play. Um, top three for offense. I mean, quite obvious, right? Maybe if you don't agree, let me know. Um, the Wilson catch uh, where he had to jump up off of that tipped pass that J.J. had. Caught it, juked the guy, and then got it down to the 10. Um, the 17-yard quorum uh, overtime run. Fantastic. I mean, for me, iconic, legendary, always going to be something I remember. And then the fourth and two on our 30, the balls it took. The forced, because let's face it, I guess they had balls, but they had no other choice. You know, if you really wanted to get to the national title game, you had to go for it on fourth and two. But what I liked about it was it it wasn't a traditional Michigan response to fourth and two. They just didn't line up everybody and then try and push it right up the middle. They actually did something that nobody expected, which was get Corm out into the flat, dump it to him and watch him just take off, which is something I guess we should have been doing all season long because it was a fantastic play. Worked uh, 100% of the time because they did twice. It worked twice. So amazing. Now we'll close with this. Now I've been thinking about um, the uh, – I've been thinking about the similarities of this and maybe you guys have seen it. Like I mentioned it earlier uh, – the 2014 was the last time the Big Ten won a national title, right? This was also a very similar uh, teams in the in this four. So Ohio State obviously replaced by Michigan. 
But then Ohio State played Bama. No one really gave Ohio State a chance because they had that third-string quarterback in there, right? They thought this was just going to be another thing Bama was going to do, just walk in. It's going to be good. It's going to be close. I think they gave Ohio State much more of a chance than they gave Michigan, to be quite honest with you. Um, then you had the Pac-12, which was uh, Oregon. Replace that with Washington. Very explosive, right? Very explosive offense. Uh, there's team speed. How can anybody stop a Mariota? Oh my God! What a great, what a great quarterback. Heisman candidate, I think. Uh, maybe finalist. I don't know if he won it that year. I can't remember to be quite honest. But still, oh Mariota, this Oregon's offense, this blah blah blah. And then you had Florida State, which is Texas, but still, if Florida State would have made it this season, this would have been almost a cookie cutter version of it. Uh I still see it going that way. Then, you know, Ohio State wins a pretty hard-fought game, 35-28 win over Bama. Then they just bully Oregon for the national title. I'm hoping the same result happens there because they were like, oh, Oregon's team speed. How is how is Ohio State going to handle that? Um, their their cornerbacks is Ken Corn- Carnell or Cornell Jones, Carnell, whatever his stinking name is. Can he lead them to this without Barrett? Can they? Can their passing game be effective? Can their what's their running game going to be like to this team speed? Blah blah blah. And then the whole world found out that the Big Ten elite school had both speed and size. And when you have both elite speed and size, you dominate anything you play. Which we all should have known from watching that game against Alabama. <laughs> if you can hang with Alabama, which is usually the creme de la creme of the SEC, then God watch. I mean, may God be with you if you're any other team, because I can guarantee you most of the teams in the Pac-12, Big 12, ACC can't hang with the Bamas of the world. So if you can beat Bama, you can pretty much beat any other team in this playoff. And I think hopefully that's what we end up seeing. I'll cover that more in the in the big game pregame uh, national title, which still blows my mind that we have a national title game. We're playing in a national title game. If that still doesn't give you goosebumps, if you still don't think you're sleeping and dreaming that this is even a real, like I don't know if you're if you're a long suffering Michigan fan. I don't know if you're just. It's so amazing. We're playing for a national title man those are some that's some sweet sweet words coming out of my mouth we're playing for a national title my god i mean the brady hoke years the the uh rich rod years uh, the 2020 year just all the pain and suffering as a fan base that that we have gone through to get to this point Oh, it is so sweet, so sweet to be here right now. And I just, I hope and I pray that it just, it goes our way. I just do. I I mean, it's great to be here. It really is great. But still, who wouldn't want a national title? And then also, I think it's kind of funny that I won't, and I keep saying we'll end on this, but we really will end on this one. I think it's funny that the Big Ten 
all season long bitched about Michigan, tried to get us taken down, tried to destroy this team. And when you put the top four teams, really top four in the Big Ten outside of Michigan, um, Penn State, Ohio, Wisconsin, and Iowa, they all, at the end, gave it up like a, like a prom queen on the prom night with their top end quarterback, right? Could have said that a lot better, but that's where we're at. Um, <laughs> just gave it up like she meant to. And... Or like he meant to. And, you know, I'm a progressive man. We'll see what happens. But they hate us. They needed us to give the Big Ten legitimacy, and that's what we did. When you needed a team in the Big Ten to beat an SEC team, Michigan once again steps up and shows that we are the leaders and the best of the Big Ten. We always have been. We always will be. And I hope to God that stays true. I don't know what's going to happen in the future, but it was beautiful to see just Michigan step up when no one else in the Big Ten could. Um, I actually wanted Wisconsin to kind of win. I don't mind Wisconsin so much. But Penn State, get the fuck out of here. Ohio State, go suck a dick. Iowa, please, what are we talking about? I mean, Iowa, the worst offense in the history of offenses. <laughs> they couldn't. They haven't scored a point in in the last two games, so over a month, <laughs> a month and a half, maybe, whatever. Uh, so pathetic. Uh, but it's great, guys, to be a Michigan Wolverine. I mean, we really need to just really enjoy this because nothing's given, nothing's owed, nothing's deserved. It, you just enjoy it. Enjoy the moment. Um, and, guys, always and forever, guys, go blue. <laughs>